I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. Hello, tryhards. Hello, I'm awake. I'm not too jet lagged. <laughs> He's home from Hong Kong. I have my voice this time. Okay. Oh, um, I, I didn't leave too much of my soul there like I did last time. <laughs> find um, mine. It was a bit lonely not having my two roommates, you and my mum, um, over there. Um, yeah, it was quite sad actually not not being able to hang out with you and Big Sue, but um, had equally a wonderful time. It was amazing actually, to be fair, because did a whole piece with um, HSBC before the tournament about the women being there for the first time and there was a lot on like the reflection of like what was Hong Kong in like everybody's memories and like yeah. how do you, and all of it was you know Ricky Swanau was talking about Christian Carlin and um, Lomu like you know mine was thinking about um, Simon Amor, Ben Gollings and that like traditional English strip you know the the hacker in the rain but it was all men's and like literally as cheesy as it sounds from Sunday evening that moment has now changed and there is some wicked footage and some of the matches on Sunday they'd been a bit pat before because the rain and stuff like that there wasn't I some of the skill was a bit rubbish across men's and women's but um yeah some of the finals were ridiculous like the knockout games it's class and I, I don't know as cheesy as it sounds the history's changed now um yeah. which is really cool and yeah the women's final in particular third fourth was brilliant I screamed so loud um, when Isla Norbell scored, I basically went lightheaded and had to sit back down again. <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing, that try though. The finish is like frame it and stick it in the Louvre kind of pictures because uh, she gets so much airtime and just the connection. It looks like if you you know, have to draw a logo of somebody scoring a try, a diving in try for something, it was magic. It's funny because when you say about it's a new page of history and stuff. For me, the resounding image of this year's Hong Kong Sevens is absolutely from the women's competition. And it's Rona Lloyd's emotion at the end of that game where she scored the try to put them in the semis, their first semi-final, and just how much she was crying. And I love the explanation afterwards from her about you know the disappointment from the qualifier in 2019 when she was with Scotland and then to score that try and put them in their first semi-final. And obviously they'd go on Isla Norman Bell scoring that try for them to win the bronze medal. An amazing weekend for GB7's women. 
and yeah it's just so so special oh it's class and they like scraped by a win against Canada as well and then had like quite a disappointing game against New Zealand and I think Mick was just a bit like oh no like here we go but absolutely turned out um yeah and tore up and it was it was it was really special for me because I genuinely felt privileged being there to see them win their first ever medal and we were stood right by where they went up to get their medals and their um, tankards and stuff so I was able to give them like give them a massive hug and also I was with Alicia um uh Alicia it's weird calling Alicia Lucas um Alicia Quirk Um, and Abby Gasaitis as the two other HSBC ambassadors they were like on their feet when the girls won like cheering like Alicia and I had given ourselves given each other a a lot of stick during the Aussie GB game Um, she was class and then we had from Laureus we had Chris Sir Chris Hoy sat behind us oh amazing I was like, oh, come in for a video. I was going to get him to be like, oh, it's 2GB versus 1. He did did the old classic, oh, thought it was a photo. (laughs) It's amazing how, like, sporting heroes can be reduced to being middle-aged dads very quickly in moments like that, isn't it? What was it like? So, obviously, you had Alicia and Abby there with you. So, the girls outnumbered the men with the HSBC ambassadors. Hashtag love to see it. Red polo gang. What was it like having the girls dominating the boys this weekend in the hex oh it was class absolutely class to be fair like Alicia we did this first kind of formal Q&A um at the ground like I'd done one the day before and it was to like the, with the boys so to the top I was told like top execs from HSBC when I got there I didn't realize that it was a top 100 execs globally so we had the CEO, the COO, like globally, I don't expect they were like amazing. They're like, oh yeah, I like run UK. I was like, what, the whole of the UK? <laughs> UK group. Um, you put in my overdraft. <laughs> important people. And to be fair, like, as I said, I was, I was really nervous. I thought, oh God, what, like these guys really know what they're talking about. I thought, well, I'm just going to have to own being me because I'm the rugby player. Like we're the rugby players on the stage. I'm, I'm not trying to get anywhere close to being a, an important banker, that's for sure. <laughs> so that went quite well. But then the next day I was with the girls um, and we were all introducing ourselves to the crowd. And Alicia said, oh, I'm, um, I'm a Hong Kong virgin. And like, like, it's really exciting to be here. And then like, I like looked at her and smiled and she like, looked down at her belly and was like, um... I mean, clearly I'm not a virgin because I'm 28 weeks pregnant. And I, <laughs> I like laughed my head off. Abby laughed her head off. And Brian O'Driscoll's mouth nearly hit the floor because he just didn't know what to say. And so that kind of set the tone for how we were going to be for the weekend. But it was it was genuinely cool. First time female ambassadors are there to have three of us there. The stuff we got to do was was class. And Hong Kong's a special place, isn't it, for the sevens? Like it really is. It won't be going out. out. I don't think I'll ever be going out with you and my mum until five o'clock in the morning at Joe Banana. Um, we will always have that night, but um, yeah, it was a cool trip. In fact, I um, I nearly didn't get there in one piece. Um, HBC are great. They fly your business class. You feel super important. Um, obviously I'm not, but I just rock up in my trackies and trackies and hoodie look like a scruff. Um, but I the, I was on Qatar Airways and the, the air stewardesses and those stewards as well as guys, and they like move around like ninjas. Like you don't see them they're like silent and like pop up they're like oh okay like jump, like with towels yes. 
<laughs> yeah, like, oh, cool. Um, anyway, I decided I wasn't going to, my bed was quite flat. And I thought, oh, I'm not going to bother getting it up into the seat position. So I like weirdly got my, my left knee, which is the one that doesn't bend properly, out into the aisle as one of the ninjas came oh, along. No. And I was so shocked by it. I like pulled my heel back. But in the process, I pulled it under the seat. And so I couldn't, I didn't have the flexion in my knee to be able to get it out and to stand up. So I got into this really awkward position because I was halfway out. And she just stood there looking at me, didn't really speak that much English. And I was like looking at her and I was like, the only way I could exit. Oh, this is after 30 seconds of sweating and like trying not to like, this is like a night flight. So I'm trying not to wake people up. And I thought the only way I can get out of this is if I go forward out. And so I ended up diving out of the seat into a press-up position into the <laughs> aisle and then basically commando crawling my body out of the seat but what made it worse is that I had to go around the corner because she wouldn't she couldn't understand that she needed to stand on the other side for me to be able to go straight so I ended up having to do the worm around into the aisle <laughs> this woman was absolutely mortified and just couldn't understand why I wasn't getting out like a normal person so yeah that's so the awkwardness quite, of that yeah didn't quite rock the old business class status uh, loved seeing Abby Burton in action in the tens there last weekend and how well supported she was by the GB girls. I saw a couple of pictures of Madison and Tegan and Levi there as well, watching her and just really special to see her back on the pitch. Oh, it was class. Like it was really cool. I saw her on the plane home and she said that she was in one piece as well, which is all you want as yeah. a player. You know, you don't want her to pick up any niggles. Um, but yeah, so she pretty much lucked out though, to be fair. She went with Samurai, which was Aussie's second team. Tim Walsh helping to coach them. So all of the Aussie girls went down to watch, all of the GB girls. And then they had some ringers from a contact perspective because they had Tamara Taylor in the second <laughs> Rocky Club. So there's some clips. And apparently the Aussies said that, like, they're all quite young girls. And Alicia said that apparently Abby, like, absolutely tore it up. But then there's a try where Rocky basically does this, like, crash ball off of the nine, like, 15 style. <laughs> Um, yeah, both I think were player coach. I mean, fair play to, to Rocky and Tam, but um, not too bad players to to come on and batter, yeah, batter a few young, young girls in the tens. Um, yeah, you'd be gutted, wouldn't you? Have you seen that thing on social media where oh, it must have been OAs, I think, that Rocky was playing for? She on the bench, and um, the referee she came on, and the referee said she got front row experience. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I was like, she's got 137 caps ring and she'll be right. <laughs> That's super. Lots of people to catch up with, lots of people. Hong Kong Sevens is just like a rugby club social. Yeah. Like, there's nothing not to love about it. You were busy at the weekend down in the West Country. I was. I was very busy in the West Country. I would have been busier because we had quite a long build down, but. Um, that got eaten up when the game went to extra time uh, had to laugh because we have we have a little production meeting with the commentators and Hugh the presenter and our studio guests with our producer Phil before the game and somebody said oh you know what's the what's the story with like penalty kicks and stuff and I went don't need to worry about that don't need to worry about that and then the conversation carried on and somebody said something about extra time and Phil was like oh people at ITV have been asking me what happens if there's extra time I've told them it won't get to extra time and it, at that point we were like Phil you've just absolutely given this game the kiss of death so then throughout the second half like there'd be a score and you'd be like don't worry it won't go to extra time and then Zach Mercer got red carded so you're like oh this they'll bury this game now Exeter and lo and behold the game went to extra time so 
I um, I did have flashbacks to 2009 and obviously one of the worst days of my rugby life, watching my beloved Cardiff lose to Leicester in a penalty shootout at the Principality Stadium, Millennium Stadium. Who was it? Was it Martin Williams at missed? Martin Williams, yeah. But, um, That's pretty out of order as a back rower having to step up. And... Well, I was sat next to um, to the lovely Benjamin Kayser, who of course was in that Leicester squad that day. So it was funny that the two of us were sat there together watching this and being able to enjoy it as semi-neutrals he was obviously going for the French team on the day he was going for Montpellier but he was saying that that week in training afterwards the coach made so it would have been Cockers basically made every player who hadn't taken a penalty take one in training I and I said you know, Ben how did you get on and he said he hit the corner flag he was pretty <laughs> glad that he hadn't been called up for it it was very interesting it was very exciting and probably even more exciting ITV's pick this weekend is Sonny Larochelle versus Saracens and I don't know if they realise what they've, they've let themselves in for, but they're sending you and me to France. I think that's the most excited I've seen you come across in a message when you'd found out that that was the game that we were covering. I'm less so in- enthused about it now. I've seen my flight plans um, going via Paris from Rome. Yeah. Um, not ideal. And then a couple of hours in the car because I've got to go to Bordeaux. You can't actually fly into La Rochelle. <laughs> I'm so slightly less enthused about it. But once we arrive, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful game. And two very, very loyal like groups of fans. Like mm. I'm really intrigued to see how many Saracens fans make the trip. Like that's a massive game, like huge game. And also, you know what? I know you're Welsh, but it is really great to see three, three, three women's teams, three English teams make the quarters. Yeah, just given and especially Exeter, given the season they've had, it's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is interesting as well because I think I found very much post-match, I spoke to Rob Baxter and I spoke to Sam Simmons and the interesting thing for me with it is that with Exeter we keep talking about it's the end of an era, it's the end of their golden era and it's this fracturing of a team that have been together and and won everything as a group and I I think that whilst we mark that as the end point of a journey, that journey hasn't finished and I think it's really important to recognise that those men have grown up together at Sandy Park, the likes of the Simmons brothers, Luke Cowan, Dickey, Jack Knoll, and their attachment to that club and that team and that place and this competition means that, you know, knockout rugby, anything can happen. And the romance of the Heineken Champions Cup and them wanting to, to get to the final and lift it again before they leave because those boys are all Southwest boys and the legacy that they leave that club won't be recognised next season when they're off playing in France and earning big money. But in 10 years' time, that the status of their legacy then will really be recognised. When they won it, like I got I was fortunate enough to be in the comms box well we weren't in the comms box we were sat in the stadium about 15 metres apart I was with Chris Ashton and Miles and with Channel 4 when they beat um, Racing and it was a hell of a game but it was an absolutely empty Ashton gate and it was the weirdest weirdest thing watching a team win and then have no one to congratulate them and to be sat on the field like all FaceTiming. And it was just so sad because you could see they were all happy, but like, so from that perspective, you know, I can only imagine that it's driving them on to, you know, not just have that, but to have the opportunity to be able to be, you know, yeah. to be celebrated by a club. That said, going to La Rochelle, I mean, it's the one club that everyone always talks about when they're either an ex-player and they've played down there or they've worked in the media or they're a super rugby Laws fan like you, like that's the place to go. Um, I actually bumped into Jonathan Davis and Marks and Spencer's the day before yesterday. and What are you doing in there? 
I went to buy some Lucid Balbans, so keep your nose out. I bumped into Foxy and I said, oh, I'm going to La Rochelle this weekend. And bear in mind that, you know, he obviously played in the top 14 for three seasons and he said it was his favourite place to go. Now, Claremont Auvergnier and the Stade Marcel Michelin is my favourite place to go as it stands. And that was his home ground. And the fact that he's saying that La Rochelle is the best in France has now just got me tickled pink and very excited for the weekend. So see you there. Well, and it's a break for um, five of the Six Nations teams this weekend, the Fallow Week. I always remember when people would be like, oh, brilliant, fallow week. And I'd be like, it's actually harder than some of the test matches because you've got to play and train against England players. <laughs> and you've also got England players that aren't getting picked. So they beat the living rubbish crap out of you to get their spot <laughs> or to try and get their spot. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, there was an interview, I think it was with um, Sadia Kabea after the after the game. It's like, oh, are you going to get a break? And she's like, yeah, we're in camp for four days. Then I'm going to relax. I'm like... Yeah, you're going to need to relax, mate, because those four days you're going to get battered. <laughs> get some Epsom salts and make sure that the hot water's on. How difficult is it going to be for them? Because obviously they have got a long list of absentees. Are they going to be able to go full bore like they would in a, a normal week? You know, they're still fielding sides that are absolutely superb, but there's not as many kind of waiting in the wings as there are in a, a normal year because the list of injuries that England have is pretty extensive this season. No, they'll go hard. It's just like yeah, they'll they'll find plenty of people that want to go in um, and get opportunities. So like someone like Simi Pan from Bristol, for example, she's had the caller. Um, I saw something on her social media saying she's really happy because her nails are coordinated with the England kit colour. I, I think it will be in, the, but then that makes it worse because you've really got super keynotes that people just don't get it. But like, <laughs> and it's great. Um, I just was never a pop- do as I say, not as I coach, because basically I was terrible in training. <laughs> um, really? Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I definitely wouldn't have had the career I would I had if people picked me on training. <laughs> Point was absolutely proven. So I'd been out for what fifteen odd months with my knee back in. 2015 16 came back first tournament broke my cheek in three places obviously had that operated on so it was a fracture inwards um and then four weeks later I'm playing and the only bit of contact that I have did was because I literally had to wait until the day before to get to four weeks because they were like three and a bit weeks you're probably pushing it with a break with three breaks (laughs) I mean a four it wasn't here but it was like (laughs) we'll go for it so all the girls had done the training I'd basically done team run and I'd said to me it's like oh look I, I need to do some contact like, I haven't done anything and it's not like I'd done loads before that anyway because yeah. I've been out and um so I, he said okay hit me hit I'll hold the pad I hit him once and he went all right like it was like and then he said okay now hit me down and up hit and like drive through so I was like okay no problem so I hit him down and up hit him on the up and obviously because it was a drive through it really accelerated and he tore his calf so, no! <laughs> so that was the end of my return to play which is actually quite bad really you think about it but no I mean and he I, picked I, you even though you did that to him well I got on the dream team played some of my best <laughs> I made all my tackles apart from one against Porsche which haunts me ah terrible but she did me with a step um yeah, like bet some of my best collision. It was the tournament where I picked up Stacey Wacker and like did like some big contacts. Like that was like this is point proven. I don't need to do trick contact in training. I've done it for years. I know yeah. how to. If I start missing tackles in games, then I will practice in training. But until that point, that I don't need to do it. It hurts. It actually hurts. Like I don't need to do it. <laughs> Let's have, a, let's have a chat about England last weekend then. Yeah, England, Italy, 68-5, read the scoreboard at the end Scoreboard at the end of that one. Do you know what I really like? So Katie Davey-McLean on comms, and I love... She did a good job. 
I yeah, liked she her. was good. She was good. I don't understand everything she says because of her accent. Not going to lie, um, but I enjoy it. And I just felt like I love the fact that Holly Aitchison was putting in the like crossfield kicks of the Katie Daly McLean era. I loved those. That was like I always used to love how dependable that was as a scoring option for England. And I just loved the little chip across. You know, you've got Abby Dow out there and over she goes. And uh, I love that. Harking back to a vintage of England that perhaps we haven't seen for a couple of seasons. Yeah, no, she, I mean, I think Holly played well and she showed that she's got a, you know, an all-round game, like run, kick, pass. I think because she's got the running threat, she does off, she holds defences a little bit, which sometimes like Zoe doesn't get as much just because she doesn't, she's not as quick through the, through the gap. So, um, yeah, I, I do think Italy and their defence made it easier for England, though. I mean, they still had to come up with their the variation. They still needed to put those, like, produce those skills under pressure, under fatigue. But Italy, it literally, the week before, they didn't look like they were really all singing off the same hymn sheet at all. In attack, like, their outside backs looked all over the place, some of their hand. Again, and I know they've got a new coach, and maybe that's what it is, and they're caught in two minds of, like, defensive strategies and stuff. Because against England, like, they, at times, they were so clustered. There's about eight players missed by one ball. So you're kind of making the decision. And I know with England, you need to... You've got to deal with the, the big carry threats, and that's where they're so strong. Got to defend narrow it enough to be able to stop the onslaught and Sarah Byrne was like rocket fueled on the weekend like she was ridiculous devastated I don't have my fantasy team but um <laughs> she was absolutely all over it so you've got to defend that so you have got to get a bit closer but Italy's one-on-one defense has always been quite good like they are all right they do front up which when you run all the plays and they get mixed up but if you don't if you so but if you defend there then you're running the risk of the edge but the edge wasn't even close like it was like they were they didn't do either type of defense well um which was a shame and what was nice actually was to see um Delaney Burns and Emily Robinson get their first caps I think both like really physical great great young players um Emily Robinson I think has been playing really well for a good few seasons and has been unlucky with injury so yeah to see them both get out there was was really good and, and as young players showing that they've got the physical presence at that level which is good um but yeah like it was good for England Abby Dow carved up it was great to see the tries from the girls and you've got to execute where the gaps are and they absolutely did that I'm just a bit surprised at how poor Italy were and like their handling and that was terrible at times do you think that we'll get on to this a bit later there's been a lot of conversations around how competitive this competition is and stuff at the moment but is there any danger of England despite the fact that they will have had four test matches that they could go in slightly unchallenged and undercooked into the France game if they if they're not forced to compete or do you think actually this the next game against Wales might be the the game that tests them a bit more I think Wales will definitely test them and I don't think you know I think if I spoke to the girls after the game they would say they got whacked about against Italy I just don't think Italy help help themselves like the defensive organized organization was poor i think their handling their set piece was obviously a bit smashed um also a lot of their kicking was caught on the fall so like there were parts of their game making it easier for england but i don't think it was as much of a walkover as the scoreline suggests there was some like real amazing individual talent but i don't i definitely think they'll get challenged against Wales in a different way because they are performing in a far more structured way now. I think probably the what's upsetting, and it'll be interesting to see how they go with um, Italy, is uh, Madia, the 10, went off injured, um, got carried off. So hopefully she's not too serious because she's a really big loss to them. 
Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, let's have a word on Wales then. So Wales was a 34-22 win over Scotland at the Dam Health Arena. Um, I have to say before we say anything else, Chloe Rolly got the uh, the try of the weekend as voted for by TikTok Six Nations viewers. And Sarah Orchard, her commentary line on that try is something to behold. She sliced through the defence like a piece of her favourite cake, probably chocolate. And I just... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sarah does her research. I'd imagine that she she would know if Chloe Rolly's favourite type of cake was chocolate. Danielle, what's your favourite kind of cake? Oh, um, quite partial to a bit of uh, carrot. I, uh, me too. I'd probably say carrot or lemon drizzle. Yeah, yeah, like those. I do like a Victoria sponge if it's done well. I mean, if it's dry, you can... I like a Victoria sponge with a raspberry jam as opposed to a strawberry jam. I don't know if that's got a different name, but that's just a preference for me there. But yeah, I did enjoy that commentary line from Sarah. (laughs) It really made me laugh. Wales with the bonus point again. So, you know, they've taken maximum points from their first two games. I think it's really interesting. There's been a lot of talk about the front row for Wales and... Um, a lot of talk about young Cecilia Tupolutu and, you know, fantastic plaudits going her way. She's so young, so strong and so sweet. But we have to talk about Gwendolyn Perth and Kelsey Jones because that is an all-round shift from the three of them. And they played 80 minutes as a front row, which you don't see that happen very often at an elite rugby level. And on 4G, a savage. How much of an impact does that have then? Well, it's exhausting because the speed of the game is naturally faster. Um, the collisions have a, like scrummaging, is it everything? Because the traction that you have for your boots through the ground like is different. Um, and, you know, it, it isn't grass. Like it does feel different when you fall. I think I was really gutted actually because I put Karis Phillips as on one of my, as my super sub. <laughs> Because I thought she'll come on, they'll get a couple of tries late on, line out, catch and drives, happy days. But she didn't go on, so <laughs> I got it. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me because, I, like, I don't know enough about the girls on the bench, apart from Karis. I was odd to keep them on, and yeah. they were playing well. But you've got to think that you've got to trust in your front row to come on and and deliver. 
um yeah it's rare but now, you wouldn't see it if it wasn't a fallow week this weekend you'd you'd assume you, you know the, the only yeah. reason have the ability to do that is because they have got a week off but do they need to what what message does that say to your bench players yeah. you know if you feel if you that always gets pushes and always gets subbed doesn't get subbed like you normally see it in like big world cup final games do you know what i mean like certain players don't but the whole unit to not come off is you know it's a big old statement and also i would like to say big um congratulations to kira bevan because she got a 50th cap um, and absolutely hell of a game absolutely cracking first half um line break central it's funny as well because kira bevan's made it to 50 at the age of 25 and considering that you know she had that she had that long period out with that ankle injury a couple of seasons ago and stuff like that that. so fair play to her i think she um she's getting back to performing at some of her best actually it's good it's helped that her front her pack has given her a really good platform um but she's looking a bit more like she's looking like she had a hamstring injury as well as a foot and i know those types of injuries take time and she's looking at like whizzy self a bit you know on some of the breaks and um yeah i i think from my perspective, just how Wales capitalised on line breaks, they created some mismatches and lot, you know, got themselves through is 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 impressive. And their conversion rate when they got to the twenty twos is good. I suppose where I think they'll they've upped their game, which is obviously to do with fitness, um, massively and mindset, is their defensive line speed. Like I've been really impressed with the pressure that they put on teams. So I'm going to be really. What was quite interesting is that the the Grant try was there. They looked defensively porous at that point, but it was when Karen Lake was off the field, and it was a direct result of you know Scotland knowing that they had that midfield gap there and Karen Lake being off the field. But that centre partnership, their defence seems to be functioning because that centre partnership for me looks like it's really solid now. Yeah, like um Karis Williams Morris' natural defence is to come up and blitz. Like that's who she always has been. Um it's where England wanted her as a 13. Naturally it means as a four you get Scotland did find an edge a couple of times they just butched it. But um, so you've got to be you you do run a risk if you come up you've got to shut it down. But you you're absolutely right. I think Hannah Jones playing at twelve, I think a bit last year, it shut down the speed that she has defensively as a you know as a thirteen. She's a very intelligent defender as well. Um, so yeah, like I suppose that's going to be a big strength, and it's going to be interesting to see how they how they get after Holly at ten and the centre field because some of the handling from, from England has been great but again they've got a platform to play off the only thing that I would I'd be concerned about is they are playing right on the edge and they are giving away a lot of penalties and they always have done but you have you run the risk if you push it and push it and push it you will get slaughtered by England because they will just boot it to the corner catch and drive and all of your hard work will be undone in the click of a finger so it's a really fine line and you've got to and they've set the tone for the referees first two rounds and England will be going at that and they'll be saying look this is what they're doing this is what this is their trace interestingly the the person in the middle for that game is Joy Neville, who Wales have had issues with before because of their ill discipline and her, you know, talking about that to them. So they've got to go in and keep their noses clean very early on because that's been yeah. previously with Joy. That I mean, that said, we would never really get much joy from Joy with England. <laughs> I do um, always find it so funny that like one of like the filthiest ruck mutts in history would go on to become... Such- <laughs> 
or referee. <laughs> you know, it's like um, poacher turned gamekeeper, isn't it? With Joy, she's TMO this weekend when we're in La Rochelle. Uh, a couple oh. of women in Scotland. Um, Lana Skeldon, as always, try scoring machine. Um, didn't realize she's also from Hoyk. Didn't know that. Same place as Lisa Thompson and Stuart Hogg and Rory Sutherland players like that. But I think the thing with this game is the grudge match of the Six Nations now. And I tweeted that last week. And the thing that really reinforced it for me was how many of the Wales and Scotland players liked the tweet, which made me feel like, <laughs> okay, sprinkle some spice on this one. I think Wales have definitely moved on and improved since the World Cup. Um, so from a Scotland perspective, how far behind Wales are they? Has the gap opened between the two of them? No, I don't think so, really. I think that they are just blooding in younger players and they're missing their th- three of their best players with Emma Wassell, Sarah Bonner and Jay Conkle. The di- the difference that those three make in, in the set piece and in terms of like the amount of work they get through is second to none. Sending sending our best to Emma, who's yeah. just had the operation. Sounds like it's a little bit hectic, but um, hopefully she'll be back um, soon and rehab goes well, but she's not going to make it back for the, for the Six Nations, which she was hoping. So yeah, I think... Those three players, you cannot underestimate how much work they get through and they hit like a train. I, I didn't get hit. I mean, I learned to sidestep because of it because I didn't like <laughs> it that often. And I also try to avoid try to avoid any um, contact around the breakdown near the try line as well because I knew that I'd get crushed or it would be with some very big people. And I remember when we played Scotland away and they kept coming down the blind side of what we're running out of players here. We are running out of players here. I'm going to have to step in. Anyway, I made a contact. I want to say I made a contact. I I got in the way of Jade. Tried to get in the way. I got in the way. That woman is strong. She is really strong. She. I don't know if she looks it. I don't know. Some players look really, really strong. She's just got that like farmer strength. You know, like just that firefighter strength. Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's going to be someone carrying you out of the burning building. You wouldn't mind it being here. Oh no, I'd be absolutely fine. Happy days. I wouldn't understand what she's saying, but it'd be good. (laughs) Get me out. Um, no, so so yeah, so I think just in terms of set piece and the line out, I think in terms of um, tackling and all that type of stuff, missing that that number of those players. I mean, England have missed missed those. I mean, there's 19 players that they're missing, but the players they've got underneath are more experienced senior players than the girls that Scotland have got. That said, I think Evie Gallagher, she's I don't know Evie, I've never met her, but she was very angry on a rugby field. <laughs> we talk about differences, training and playing. She She's getting stuck into teams. I would have loved to have heard on the ref mic what her and um, Georgia Evans and the girls, they were going at each other. Um, great. Yeah, there was there was definitely a bit, of, uh, a bit of biff around that game. Is there, do we know, is there any hope of Scotland getting access to Lisa Thompson and Rona Lloyd for these last couple of rounds? Have you heard any whispers on that front? I don't think so. And I, I, if I was Brian Eason, I wouldn't change it. You know, those girls are away with sevens. They're doing a fantastic job. They were both outstanding in Hong Kong. Mentally, what they've gone through, physically, what they've gone through, you know, Toulouse isn't that far away. And now with GB, I looked at the table and Ireland are on 64, Fiji are on 62 and GB are on 60. There is no way Nick, Nick Wakeley is letting those girls go and play in Six Nations that is not needed at the moment. Um because they're in the chance to qualify for the Olympic Games now. Um, so and also, it's so nuts, that qualification thing, because two tournaments ago, we weren't even talking about GB being in the mix for that. And that's their their trajectory this season in the World Series. And, you know, we've talked about the girls, talked about the emotion last weekend. 
gave them a round of applause. But let's all, you know, a doff of the visor to Nick Wakeley because he is... It is something very special that's happening with that team at the moment. He's getting it right. And it's very exciting that they could be qualified for the Olympics in Toulouse. And yeah, like another another Scott Shona Campbell got got a shot because Emma Uren injured her calf and came played in the last two games, I think. It was outstanding. I think Nick has done a really good job. And one of the because one of the biggest things that people forget is he is bringing together three very, very different countries into one team. And I, I don't think people quite realise, and it was exactly the same watching the boys, like they were really unlucky to, to lose their um, third, fourth to Fiji. Um, not Fiji, sorry, um, whoever they lost to. But it was, it was re- it's been really interesting seeing how both teams have been building, like, and then, you know, Hong Kong, which for England has always held such, you know, um, amazing experiences and opportunity to perform on that stage. But it is a credit to both of the coaches, coaching sides and the management because they are bringing in three totally different cultures and they're creating their own. And that's a really strange place to be. Yeah. You know, the girls are, they're all very proud of their nations. They're very proud to say, I'm Welsh, I'm Scottish, I'm English, as are the guys. And you've got to come together and have that same pride and, and same understanding. And I think just a bit of a shout out to, to Meg and um, Abby, the co-captains of the girls. Like they work so hard, you know, there's a lot been going off the field. They carry a lot of responsibility for that. And yet can consistently turn up consistently celebrate consistently building the team and the energy and you know seeing all the girls celebrate together was really special and it's obviously you know one of the easiest ways to bring a team together is winning and so the fact that they've got those wins finally the fact that Abby Burton was there to celebrate with them the wins that she had through all of the adversity she's gone through samurai win the tournament that's all got to come together to inspire them to gel them a little bit more because it's not always the difficult times that pull you together. It's the, it's the fun times as well, yeah. which come with, with that celebration of winning. So, yeah, I, I, I'm really intrigued to see how they do in Toulouse. And they've got the best possible pool that they could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I really want to pick up something there. that You've talked about how you bond a team through successes and how that can really help to bring together and and you know build on what you've already got so at this point I make no secret the fact that Brian Easton is one of my favorite coaches in this championship because he's a nice man but how difficult is this job getting for him they now haven't won a game for a calendar year and now Scotland's next game is against France in France I think with that one in particular you know you the wins don't necessarily come on the scoreboard. I think it is like scoring against them, keeping them out for certain times, set winning your own set piece. Like if you can get 100% in your own scrum and line out, and they'll have a missed tackle or a penalty count rate as well. There'll be wins for them. I don't, and I don't think that, to be honest, that's the game that would bring concern. The big game for me would be Ireland, given how poor they've been at times. I think they showed much. I didn't see the whole game against France, but they showed a much better performance at times. Um, so yeah, I think that would be the one that I I'd be concerned about. Uh, so let's we've got to wrap this up because I know you've got to go because you're moonlighting on another podcast. Little plug there for our friend Millie Wood and her pod. France versus Ireland. What can we take from that? France put fifty points on them with fourteen players for an hour of that game. How how worrying is this now for Ireland? Then are, are they going to get a win in this Six Nations? It will be Scotland they're targeting, I think. Um, and yeah, it's it's going to be a big ask. They're in a rebuild phase. 
they've got good individuals and they've had glimpses of good stuff against the French. French, interestingly, even with such a high point scoring, they were like celebrating when they were scoring. Like Vernier literally scored like scored a try, a great try, but they went wild for it. I was like, what are they? And, and so what are they trying to build? Is that forced a little bit? Are they really trying to build a positive atmosphere in there? So I'm, I'm fascinated to see with the French, look at that team dynamic, look what they've gone through over the last how many years, how are they trying to bring positivity into their play? Don't just accept we're winning. Ex- like have fun with the with the great stuff. Um, which yeah, talking about great stuff, we haven't mentioned it, and I know we will be, but it had it did get announced today um, that the Cardiff Farms Park is a sellout. I didn't know that you've invited all your mates down. <laughs> All, all three of them sat out at cap absolutely amazing uh we've got to rattle through this stuff quickly nolly how are you doing in your fantasy league i slipped down i did it whilst my only my only um excuse this week is i did it whilst i was jet lagged at 3 30 right. in the morning i must have been jet lagged because i took marley packer out of my team so and i had loads of points left over so it wasn't as if i couldn't afford her i did let myself down but I've come up with a new strategy and I've found some other good, exciting players to uh, get in the mix. Okay, I've gone down to seventh in the pick four. Uh, I got it tactically wrong, but, you know, we move. Uh, we just want to finish the pod today with a shout out to our friend, Roger Jeremiah, who uh, had an unfortunate accident last week and is in hospital recuperating. Rodders, we want to send you loads and loads of love. We're here for you all the way. You are a legend, a genuine tryhard. Get well soon. Get well soon, Rodders. Absolute ledge. Bye, everyone. Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.